Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. Now, I already know this is going to go up late on Friday because today is just whoop my ass. I'm not going to lie. There's just, you know, that's how you make ends meet, right? You just got to take all the projects on and, uh, and and do what you can. So I do apologize for that, but I wanted to get one up. So if it is maybe just a teeny little bit shorter than it would be uh, otherwise, that's why. It's pretty much, I have a thousand other things to do. It's already gone seven o'clock as I start this. And I'm just trying to balance things uh, as much as you can. But that is what happens when I guess you try and do a normal job plus those other jobs plus be a wrestler. So I don't want to blame by myself. And of course, I would never change it uh, for the world. If this is the first time listening, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, as a quick one, all of this is supported by patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Even throwing a dollar into that makes my life easier. As you can see, I'm doing a thousand things. But again, I don't want to get into that too much. And yeah, as well as the episode that went up on Wednesday which is our weekly episode where we talk about everything that's going down in the world of wrestling. We also try and do a weekly Q&A. Uh, you ask uh, questions at the Facebook group, and that's Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. You just search for that, and I will answer them, which is what we're going to do in about 32 seconds before I just say that on Twitter, I'm at Simon316, Instagram at Simon316, and of course, YouTube.com forward slash The Miller Report Rules. Right. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne, and let's just get on with it, and we'll smash through these questions. Uh, Miles Hammer, if that's your name, what a name. It's fantastic. How important do you think heel turns are in this age of wrestling? Do they even matter anymore? Well, they would matter if WWE allowed them to matter. I mean, the problem we have with heel turns at the moment is if you take somebody like Nia Jax, for example, or Jinder Mahal, he's done the same thing uh, recently as well, there is no such thing as a heel turn, and people just kind of shift their characters I guess, depending on the feud they're meant to be in. And that's no fun. Because the best heels, look at The Rock, right? The Rock was struggling as a baby face. They turned him heel. And now he's, you know, he's one of the best bad guys that we ever saw and turned into one of the best but good guys we've ever saw. If one day he had just come out with no motivation or no story, it's a lot harder to invest and it's a lot harder to enjoy it as well because, you know, that's why we watch... That's why I watch wrestling, right? For stories and narrative and, and characterization. Nia Jax is the worst at the moment because Nia Jax... I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what occurred. Just one day, she was like, "Oh, you know." I, even though I did all this, um, you know, WrestleMania happy, um, bullying's bad, boo. Then she needed to be in a few of Ronda Rousey, so she's a heel. Didn't really need to do that, to be honest. We could have just, you know, put, yeah, portrayed these characters and let the fans decide. Although WWE doesn't like doing that. And then she went back into a few with Alexa Bliss, and that was that. She's back to being a bad guy again. A good guy again, I should say. And it's a shame because, you know, I felt like she did a good job as a good guy during the whole WrestleMania um, build and, and the match itself. The brilliant storyline was interesting. So to all of a sudden just turn that on its head. It does. It does diminish what a heel turn should be. But I still think they're important because executed well, I still think they're one of the best things you get in wrestling. You know, it's not something you can find in many other forms of entertainment when somebody you like all of a sudden is going to become an asshole. Um, so really they should invest more time in that and they should think more time, you know, think about that more, but they don't. Um, but that could all change on a whim. Um, like hopefully when Jason Jordan comes back, uh, he'll go heel or something like that and they'll, they'll tie that in rather than he just comes back as a bad guy. Cause I don't even think that works. Garth Jones, after being at Madison square garden, when do you think the Undertaker will actually retire and who will be the guy to retire him? 
I can't answer that question. If you'd asked me that pre-WrestleMania 33, I'd have some ideas. But given everything that you know happened at WrestleMania 34, at this stage, I think it's all up to Mark Calloway. It's clearly something he doesn't want to put down anytime soon. You know, And who am I to say when he should give it up? Like If he's still enjoying it and he's still having a good time with it, then all the more power to him. I imagine, just given everything, it will tie into a WrestleMania where he'll do the whole Hall of Fame and then have a proper retirement match, which he'll probably win now, given that he put Roman and Brock over. And then he'll walk away. But who knows? Could be next year, could be two years, could be five years. You know, he's already retired once. And, you know, there's always a rumor that he's been looking to retire since the the late 90s, early 2000s. So I think at this stage, we just need to sit back. I mean, lots of people said he looked good at Madison Square Garden, which he did. But, you know, he's protected and he was in a six-man tag or whatever he was. But let's just wait and see. I think he's built up enough tenure that he can decide when he walks off into the sunset quite clearly because he did that once and then changed his mind. <laughs> so we will uh, uh, we will wait and see. Garth Jackson, are there too many wrestlers on the WWE rosters now? I think if you look at it from an overall roster point of view, including NXT and the British guys, then probably. But at the same time, there's loads of TV uh, programs to fill at the moment. It's more about how you balance your talent whether, as opposed to whether you have too many, I think, because... Everyone deserves an opportunity, and you never know. You may come up with a specific storyline that needs a certain character. So I don't think there's too many, given that we have, what, three hours of Raw, uh, two hours of SmackDown, and there's an hour of 205 Live, and soon there's going to be an hour of uh, NXT UK program, and there's NXT. So no, I don't think there's too many. But I think they could utilize the talent they have better and maybe try and, uh, you know, pace... Raw and SmackDown better, for lack of a better term, if that makes sense. So, you know, they're... You know, Roman Reigns recently was on, you know, he was in two matches on one night. I don't think we need to do that, even if Roman Reigns is your top guy, because with your top guys, less is more. It's why the Brock Lesnar thing worked for so long. Obviously, we've, you know, we jumped the shark long with that. So, yeah, you don't need to ram people down people's faces. You just need to find that balance. And you could argue the roster isn't too big, but W aren't balancing as well as they could have done. But look, that, that makes me sound like it's really easy. Obviously, it's not really easy. Obviously, it's really hard. And, you know, WWE could do better. But I don't think they're doing badly, if that makes sense. I don't think it's an intentional thing. I just think it's something they need to work on. And, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll do just that. Brian Hegarty, why does WWE have so many people on rosters that never get to be on TV, but we see matches like No Way Jose versus Mojo three weeks straight? Brian, previous question. This is why it's fun not to read the questions, but thank you. Adam Pearson, my man. I heard a rumor that much like an over-enthusiastic... Uh, again. I heard a rumor that much like an over-enthusiastic porn star, you are all in. <laughs> Are these rumors true? Well, I can't talk about that now. I'm not all in in a wrestling sense, but yes, on behalf of What Culture Wrestling and WhatCulture.com, I am headed to All In to cover it as a reporter. And that includes uh, StarCast, that includes the event. We have some incredible, genuinely incredible things lined up that I can't quite believe I'm going to get to do. I'm not going to talk about them here because I think it's more fun when they just come out. Um, but yes, I am going. I am going to be All In in that regard. And I'm very, very excited about it. It's going to be a crazy four days. But look, you don't turn those kind of opportunities down, right? I'm very lucky. But technically, yes, I'm all in. Keep an eye on WhatCulture.com and WhatCulture Wrestling YouTube channel for more information. Richard Ingman, do you think Bullet Club has become too big an entity that is starting to dominate over Ring of Honor, similarly to what the NWO did with WCW? No, not at all. I think anything, what they've done recently with this like civil war and putting Cody Rhodes back with the elite and you know having Tamatonga and all those guys 
do their thing. I think it's great. I think it's given a whole new lease of life. I mean, the problem with WCW is that they just relied on that. And because they had a TV, you know, they had pay-per-views that were solely dedicated to the NWO. And that was the issue. But on the indie scene, you know, there was in New Japan, there are Ring of Honor. You've got being the elite stuff, which breaks it up. And also, it's not in our face too much. Um, everything has a shelf life and every, you know, eventually it will become overdone. But it's definitely not done. I, well, I don't think so anyway. You know, if anything, right now, it's bigger and more successful than ever. And long may that continue because the Bullet Club has helped immensely with the indie scene as it continues to grow and get to this you know, crazy place I don't think any of us expected. So, yeah, I love Bullet Club. I think at the moment, the way they're treated and handled is exactly the way they should be being treated and handled. Uh, Mike Pfaff. Good name. What do you think needs to happen within WWE creative to fix how bad it has been lately, especially on Raw? Because if I hear Baron Corbin sing Itsy Bitty Spider again, I'm checking out. The problem with that is, and look, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, of course, but it's good to remember that Vince McMahon doesn't think he's booking bad wrestling. He thinks he's booking very good wrestling. We obviously, well, a lot of people don't agree with that. And I don't think Raw is as bad and don't get me wrong, Itsy Bitsy Balor was one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. I don't like the Sasha Banks Bailey stuff. I agree with the What Culture video I made recently that I don't believe, well, Braun Strowman is obviously fine in the grand scheme of things. I don't believe he's being treated in the same way as Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock would have done because the focus is so much on Roman Reigns. I don't want to talk about that too much because we've done that to death. Um, but... That's the, this is the issue, right? Because obviously you're allowed to think it's bad, and a lot of it is bad, but Vince McMahon doesn't think it is bad. So saying, what do you think needs to happen within WWE Creative Fix, how bad it is? Well, Vince has to go, I guess. If you don't like the direction that Vince McMahon has taken the company, then you want you know a new head of, of, of that division. And that would be Triple H, you'd have to assume. And if you watch NXT, uh, you probably have a lot of faith in what he can do. But don't forget, he's the first one to admit that the way he books for NXT is different for the way that he probably booked Raw or SmackDown. So we don't know. But it's impossible for me to answer what do I think needs to happen just because, yeah, he thinks he's writing good stories. And some people agree. I would say the majority of people right now probably don't agree. We'll have to see, what, we'll have to see what's going to happen. But uh, I think WWE's in a lull right now just because we're in that lull period, which we always are in between WrestleMania and SummerSlam. So I'm going to say let's hold off to SummerSlam and then we can reassess all this, which we will do right here on Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Stuart Urridge, although you're an obvious babyface, have you already planned a heel turn? Of course. Come on now. We're all wrestling fans. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how crowds are going to react. But let's face it, right? A lot of people don't like guys that are on YouTube. We'll leave it there. Aiden O'Connell, what type of WW memorabilia have you collected over the years, and how would you rate memorabilia? E.g. frame picks, plaques, money in the bank, briefcases, figures, mini brawlers, tees. Uh, thanks, Aiden, biggest Irish fan. Thank you, Aiden, that's nice. Well, I'm going to sound like a right asshole here, so you have to forgive me, uh, but it's the only way I can put it. I'm not a very materialistic person. Um, so I don't really have, I've got a couple, I've got an Undertaker t-shirt that I got from Squared Circle. I've got actually I've got quite a few t-shirts from Squared Circle, but I don't see it as memorabilia. That's more merchandise. So the only real piece of WD memorabilia I have is my World Wrestling Federation Winged Eagle title belt that I got as a present for my 18th birthday. And that does mean a lot to me because it was a present, but also because I love that title. But other than that, I don't have a lot of stuff because, yeah, I'm just, again, I hate saying things like that. It doesn't matter if you are a materialistic person. There's nothing wrong with it. If you get happiness from it, you should do it. But I've never really collected anything like that along the way. It's not really... Uh, it's not really my thing, I guess, for lack of a better term. I like a good collection, and I appreciate one. But yeah, on a personal level, I don't like, for example, frame pick, nope, plaques, nope, money in the bank briefcases, nope, figures, used to have one as a kid, not now, mini brawlers, nope, tees, a few square circle ones, one WWE official one, which is that Bret Hart one I wear, you may see on what culture videos. So that's it. 
I, I do have a lot of memorabilia that comes to stuff like Batman and Metallica that I've acquired throughout the years. I don't even know where that is. I think that's just one of those things that happened. Uh, Lindsay Clark also weighed in. Uh, as an add-on to this, if you had access to the W Warehouse and could take one thing, what would you take? If they've got anything from Stone Cold Bret Hart for WrestleMania 13, I don't know, some matte pieces or, I don't know, Ken Shamrock's referee shirt, I don't know what they'd have. But yeah, something to do with that, because that match means a lot to me. You'd make me happy. Nick Palmer, would you rather wrestle one Big show size Rey Mysterio or 100 Rey mysterio size Big Shows? I see people asking this all the time and you skip over it, so I thought I'd wrestling it up for you. I understand if you skip it. Well, it's there now, Nick. Would you rather wrestle one Big show size Rey Mysterio so that's basically the big show. <laughs> or 100 Rey Mysterio-sized big shows. Well, 100, because it's, like, it's more fun to beat multiple people up, maybe. Uh, Sean Quigley. How do you predict the landscape of WWE to change in a post-Vince McMahon era? How funny these questions all tied together. Assuming he doesn't just turn into a Futurama floating head. Well, it's kind of like what we just talked about. It's all on Triple H, and it's all what he wants to do. Again, when he books for NXT, he knows his audience, and that's why you have all the metal bands, I would assume, and things like that. When he goes to the more broader audience, which Raw and SmackDown are, maybe he does change. I do think it will shift. When he does die, I mean, the stock price will go down for one. That's usually what happens when a long-running figurehead passes away. Uh, that may change how they do things. I don't know. Maybe they sell the company before that, which would change things. I really don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. It's fascinating. It may just be that WWE is so big nowadays, it's just the machine keeps on whirling and going. So actually, Vince McMahon, obviously, he's still controlling. Maybe there'll be things that we don't see in the sense that I imagine Triple H will never do as much as Vince McMahon does. I can see him delegating a bit more. Not that I know the man, but that's just my, you know, what I would guess. So maybe that would be good in the sense that someone like Triple H could focus more on creative, whereas Vince McMahon is focused on everything. And then that would help the storylines, you'd have to assume, because more thoughts going into it. Otherwise, expect loads of videos, articles, and who knows what else when Vince McMahon passes away. That would be like the queen dying in this country to wrestling fans. I think it would just go on for years, probably. Years. I mean, it just would do. Mark Rory Day. What are your top three factions in wrestling and why? No rules. Any company in any era of wrestling. Well, NWO, uh, for the reasons I think everybody knows, they were just came along at the right time. They were cool. Uh, now, obviously, cool heels are a bad thing, but, but then they were just fantastic and, you know, so much fun. So, yeah, the NWO, without a doubt. Uh, I did like the Nation of the domina of Domination when The Rock was kind of, you know, going up through the ranks. Maybe not in my top three, but they, are, they did spring to mind. Uh, the Four Horsemen, of course. Uh, I think my version would be uh, Flair, Anderson, Tully, and Barry Windham, maybe? J.J. Dillon there as well. Otherwise, I'll be forgetting one that I'll kick myself for later. Evolution, I'd give a shout out to. Legacy, I always thought were underrated. They could have done more with them. But top three, yeah. I mean, NWO, Four Horsemen. I don't count. I, I, never, I was never really a DX guy, which is weird. I don't know what it was. I never really got into them. I'll have a thing and get back to that one. But they're definitely shout outs there. Lindsay Clark again. Hello, welcome back. Do you think Cody Rhodes is going to become a wrestling industry legend like his father? I keep pondering this as I see him do more and more outside of WWE. Personally, I think we'll be watching documentaries on him in years to come and maybe a contest or award in his name if his success continues. Well, look, Dusty Rhodes changed the business, right? Through his promos and his and his booking and his matches. And Cody Rhodes is essentially doing that on the indies, right? We don't know how successful All In's going to be, but if it does smash it like he wants, absolutely. Why can't he feel like uh, a protege of his father? If he did, I can't think of a single wrestling fan that wouldn't, you know, see that as just wonderful poetic justice in a way. So I hope it does happen. I always thought Cody Rhodes was underrated. I liked him in WWE from day one. I thought Stardust, he threw everything into. And ever since he's left, I think he's got better still. So 
I hope so. I, re I really, really do hope so. And it's not like he doesn't deserve it. He's put in the work, he's put in the time, and shown that he's a talented cat on top. And when you do all of those stuff, you know, it's hard to you know have any ill feelings towards someone. And it's hard to look badly on someone for their success. So I hope you're right. I hope that does happen. And I think that would just benefit the wrestling industry, you know, all the way. Francis Reyes, which pre-order character are you looking forward to seeing in 2K19? Ronda Rousey. I think it'd be interesting to see what they do with her because he's just so surreal. Rey Mysterio's cool too, but we've had him before. See, so yeah, Ronda Rousey, just because it's brand new and I like new things. Chris Davey, which arresting entrance themes do you think are underrated? Baron Corbin's, which you never hear anymore. End of Days, and that's a brand new one, but I, when it came out, it felt like an old school one to me and I really enjoyed it. Otherwise, Dino Brown's, the original one before they changed it, which was basically the Rocks music. When he used to come with Mark Henry, that one used to be awesome. Uh, I like Own Hearts as well that nobody seems to like. The um, enough is enough. I used to love that one. Gold Dust is good too, you know. If you get to the middle section of that, it gets really interested. Uh, ben Hersick, picks for the G1 final. Oh, man, I'd have, to look, I'd have to look through the thing. I imagine Naito will win it just because of the way he's been booked since uh, losing to Jericho and, and obviously not beating um, Okada. Uh, so I, the final, I don't know, but I'll say Naito as my winner, and I'll look at the brackets, and I'll, I'll get back to them. Adam Donald, thanks for answering, answering my question last week, Simon. Well, I'm glad to answer another one as well, Adam, so you're very welcome. Um, what is your favorite NXT match of all time? For me, there's just so many to pick between. Zayn Neville, Zayn Nakamura, Gagano Almas. Well, actually, you just made mine. Mine is Zayn Nakamura, because once again, I'll be an arsehole, and I got to see that live. Uh, it was the first NXT show I'd ever been to, and I got to see that, and all the hype and bars around Nakamura. And again, I knew who he was at that point, but, you know, I, because he was coming to WWE, I went out of my way to learn more. So it was almost like my debut, or at least my, you know, the, the first time I'd seen him in the flesh properly. And yeah, being there, and the match itself, and Sami Zayn's last match in NXT, and just how good it was, and the crowd, it just ticked every box. It's one of the best matches I've ever seen, ever. So yeah, that one... Live, I mean, that is, in that sense, best match I've ever seen live ever. But yeah, just fantastic. Five stars, as a man would say. Tristan Dan Whitcomb, what's your next aim for your adventure in wrestling? Who would you like to see in the main event of WrestleMania 35? And good luck at the Ringmaster Tournament. Thank you, Tristan. My next aim in wrestling is just to try and make a name for myself within the world of pro wrestling. Um, there's a long way to go. I've got a lot to do, obviously. But you all need goals. But I mean, I'm in it now. The whole, my whole one match thing is done, and I want to get as good as I can. So the way to do that is by getting experience, by working everywhere that I can. Hopefully you've seen on my Twitter that I'm, I'm trying to do that as best I can. And yeah, fingers crossed that down the line, my name can be as synonymous with what culture as it is with indie pro wrestling in the UK. I mean, it's a big dream. It's a big goal. I may not make it there, but I like to challenge myself. So yeah, it would, it would be that. Uh, main event at WrestleMania 35. I'd like the Shield triple threat. Won't happen. Um, and I will have... Thank you very much for your Ringmaster tournament. Good luck as well. My man Andrew, underrated finisher. The famouser for me. Rikishi driver. Nice and easy. That one was good. Then he started sticking his butt in people's faces. Christian Brown. What advice would you give to someone past 30 about getting into the wrestling business as a commentator, manager, or ring announcer? Same advice I give to people that want to be a wrestler. Just go and do it. Figure out what the path is. Figure out where you have to start. And just go. Don't worry about your age. Age doesn't mean anything, especially in the, in the age of... Uh, terrible phrasing. But especially today with social media, there's so many ways and means to do it. So just figure out what the path is and start your journey. That, that's all you've got to do. It may work. It may not work. But at least you tried. And I think that um, that, is, that is half the battle. Your age shouldn't matter. If you're talented enough and you've got something to offer and you can come up with a niche or a USP, you can take that and, and run with it as much as you can. You may not make it to WWE, but in today's wrestling world, I don't think that that's 
all that important. It's amazing, but it's not the be-all and end-all. And certainly when I was a kid, it was the be-all and end-all. So it's much better now that it's uh, broader, for lack of a better term. And question two, non-wrestling question. What food do you like to eat that you know isn't good for you? Pizza. Always pizza. Christopher Brown. Is there a problem that both women's champions are quite similar? Blonde heels who are good promos, but still work it works in progress in the ring. Shouldn't both brands have separate identities? Um, I think they look similar, but I think they're very different characters, even though you're right, they are both heels and good talkers. No, not massively. Um, I think the bigger problem with the women's division is that it's still treated like a women's division, and, you know, the, the women aren't just... You know, when you have most of the time, I've listened to this before, most of the time when you have women's segments on Raw or SmackDown, they are women's segments. You don't have men's segments. I get why we have tag team segments. That's different. But when it comes to singles, women's wrestling, I think sometimes that's still a bit too on the nose. So I'd change that. But no, I don't think it's a problem. Uh, could be more diverse. Yes. But I, you know, before you said it, I hadn't even really thought about it. So uh, Lewis Matson, would the UK championship shows have drawn as many viewers if they didn't feature established NXT names such as. Shayna Baszler or TUE? Oh, the Undisputed Era. And instead, use more indie Brit rest guys such as Rampage Brown or even maybe yourself. I don't think I would have helped viewers. Look, the reason they're on that show is because WWE must have thought the same thing. That's not an insult to the UK guys. It's because they don't have... I think you're looking at it the wrong way. The way I put it, look at it, it's better to have the Undisputed Era and Shayna Baszler on there because then you can introduce these UK guys that American audiences may not know and then they know them. And then hopefully down the line, you don't have to put the American guys on there because you've already promoted and advertised the UK guys. It's what Defiant, formerly known as What Culture Pro Wrestling, tried to do and it did help to a certain extent. Um, so no, they probably wouldn't have done as good viewers, but hopefully going forward, the WWE's negated that a bit by saying, hey, look, there's all this other good talent you may not know about as well. Uh, Richard Cadman, I think you've mentioned how much you love Kenny Omega, but who is your favorite Japanese native in New Japan and why? Well, Akada, because he's one of the best wrestlers ever and his selling's amazing and the way he puts matches together is amazing and the way he carries himself is amazing. He's just a great pro wrestler and the more you watch his matches, the more you notice he does all these small things. He's just, he's the best. He's so good. Uh, Timothy Bowen Bates, what is your favorite podcast about pro wrestling beside yours? Um, Wrestling Observer is the one I listen to the most. I love Brian Alvarez. I think he's a hero. I'm a big fan of the Laps fan. I just think not only no one mixes humor and then just incredible depth in you know in their research and, and the knowledge they have as well as those two. I enjoy all the wrestling specific ones like from Edge and Stone Cold and Eric Bischoff and all the Conrad Thompson ones, but I find they're more entertainment than I don't listen to them for information. To me, they're a work like pro wrestling is. Uh, otherwise, I think that's it, really. They're the only ones that I, that I go to. I listen to the pro wrestling show. The guys that want to talk sport do that. That's good. Uh, the Gorilla Position podcast is okay. Sometimes I find it a bit, you know, it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, they're, 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 they're the ones. Uh, Aaron Gaspar, what does pro wrestling mean to you? Well, it was one of the first things I fell in love with when I was a kid. It's been with me throughout my entire life. I have enough passion for it that I want to you know, make my job about it and now make my other job about it, which is being a pro wrestler. So in many ways, it doesn't mean everything because I don't think anything should ever mean everything, but it means a lot. Uh, I can't imagine my life without it. That's, uh, that's a good way to put it. Travis Gilmartin, what's the funniest bot you've ever seen and or heard? Titus O'Neil is up there. Let's keep it recent. The, the Shockmaster obviously is a classic, but the Titus O'Neil one, I felt awful for him. The one I knew was okay and that he was all right with it. I mean, Daddy didn't really, you know, follow that up on, on that as well as they could have done. But it was great. There's no two ways about it. It was absolutely just, what a thing to happen. Crazy. Pedro Dre Morales, does WWE need more stables? Absolutely. I mean, the good thing, actually, they have a few stables now because you've got New Day and you've got Sanity. 
And and just having those two, you know, makes it more than we've had in years. It's a shame we can't put the Wyatt family back together and the Shield. And I like it when we have stables. I think stables are forgotten art. I mean, the only reason W, I mean, apparently, Vince McMahon doesn't like stables, which is why the only time we ever saw them was in the late '90s when they were, you know, going head to head with WCW, and obviously they were smashing it with stables. The NWO being a major one, there were a load of other ones too. So Vince McMahon apparently felt like he needed to, to, to you know, capitalize on that. And we had, I never, my memory's not good with that stuff. But there was DX, there was the Nation. Um, God, there was tons. Like it was, you know, there was the Truth Commission. I mean, not, I'm not saying these are good, but you know, they always went back to the well with them. Job squad. Uh, so yeah, I would like to see them more because I think it paces the show out better. And if you ever listened to me before, you know I enjoy a good pacing. So yeah, I, I would I would like more stables. Also gets more guys on the show, makes them more interesting. Even three man band had something to them. So yeah, I would like to see that, especially because New Day have proved that if you get it right, it can be successful in many ways. So absolutely. And finally, Carla Sands, I hope I pronounced that right. If you were ever offered a contract to NXT. Would you take it? Now, I get asked this a lot. Now, A, if I ever get to the stage where I did get offered uh, a contract for NXT, I would be over the moon because what a journey I would have made. And the way I answer this is the way I answer it to everybody. You don't turn opportunities that are incredible down. If you do, I find that's something that you're probably going to regret, and I'll leave it at that. My uh, My whole thing for life is... Don't turn good opportunities down or don't turn life-changing opportunities down. Ride them out, see where they get to. may not work out exactly how you planned, but at least give it a go. Because I always say, if you give it a go, again, you can't, you can't regret. You can only regret the things that you don't do. You can't regret the things that you do do, because even if they don't go to plan, you still did them, so it's okay. Dare to fail. There you go. That's how we can end this uh, relatively bite-sized episode of uh, Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast Q&A. Dare to fail. Uh, sorry, this one is a little bit shorter than usual, but that was all the questions. So, I mean, I probably ran through them a little quicker than I would do usually, but I did get to all the questions. So that was my aim. And uh, I'm glad I've done that. Again, sorry that it's a little bit later going up by the time you hear this. Who knows? It's probably gone past nine or something like that. I don't know. I'll get up as quickly as I can. Um, but yes, keep an eye on the Facebook group, Simon's Prayers and Podcast. Just search for that and I'll make sure I put a thread up. Uh, next week's episode may be delayed a little bit because on Monday and Tuesday, I am entering Defiance Ringmaster Tournament at the Newcastle O2 Academy. If you are in Newcastle, the surrounding areas, why don't you come down? And if you're not, make sure you sign up to the Defiance streaming service, Access Defiant. Just search for that on Google. And you can see all my wrestling on there. Uh, I do have more dates that I'll talk about next week as we get closer to them, especially including one in London on August the 10th. You can come see me at Battle Pro. Just search for Battle Pro Wrestling and you'll find their, their latest show, their next show on August the 10th. And yeah, if you're on the air and I'm wrestling, I'd love to see you. I'd love to shake your hand and say thank you for all your support. Uh, but for now, again, patreon.com for the summer 316 is how you support all of this. And on some of the tiers, you can even come on the Pro Wrestling Podcast, as I'm sure you know. Uh, subscribe to me on YouTube, youtube.com for the report rules, at Simon316 on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, thank you very much for listening to me as always. Like we will do a couple next week. One may be delayed just as I'm driving back from Newcastle on Wednesday, but I'll make sure to get it up. But uh, you know, keep enjoying wrestling. Enjoy Extreme Rules on Sunday. You can go hear my Extreme... Two ways to hear my Extreme Rules predictions. You can listen to the podcast on Wednesday, uh, or you can go to What Culture Wrestling right now and watch my Extreme Rules 2018 production. So you can see my face or hear my voice everywhere. But look, have a good Friday. Have a good weekend. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you again very soon.